If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome back to another expert episode of the podcast. And it's always very special to me when the expert on the show also happens to be a really good friend of mine. And that is the case today with my friend Heather. Heather is a coach for To Be Magnetic, which you'll learn a lot more about in this episode. But To Be Magnetic is a program that uses neuroscience, psychology, energetics, uses a lot of science and energy work in the space of manifestation. And the coolest thing about Heather's story is I got to watch her become or start as a user of To Be Magnetic, which you've heard other guests refer to this program in their episodes of things that they use to help them through their breakup. But I got to watch Heather become or start as just a user and a customer of this company and then become a coach because of all of the work that she put in and all of the incredible things that doing the work led to in her life. So in this episode, Heather and I talk a lot about rewiring your subconscious beliefs around relationships. I mean, really just in general, but specifically we're talking about relationships. Whose story are you living out? Whose beliefs are you taking on and adopting as your own and thinking those to be the truth? We do talk about the idea of manifesting. What does it really mean? What does it not mean? How you can utilize it. I think when we hear manifestation, we hear just about manifesting a certain partner or people will talk about manifesting an ex back but she really talks about how do you use it in your healing process in your day-to-day and i have learned so much just from being able to be friends with heather and so when a listener brought to be magnetic up on a listener story podcast i was like well i just happen to have a close friend who is an expert at this so i can't wait to share her story and her wealth of knowledge with you guys. Welcome, Heather, to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I finally made it. I know. And Heather 
is also happens to be a really good friend of mine. So this makes it even more fun. I know. So, I love that. Like I've yeah. been able to like watch this whole process. It's just so, so exciting. And now I'm a guest. It's like even better. Yes, I know. And I'm so excited for our conversation. And I think the best way to start this is if you could, you know, share a cliff notes version of your, you know, journey to how you got to where you are now. Cause I think your journey literally like could be the whole episode of just, you know, everything that you've been through in the last few years. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I'll start back in 2017. <laughs> Basically in 2017, I was really actually, I should say 2016, just not living my a life that was in alignment with my authentic self. A, I didn't even know who that person was, right? Everything was about checking in with other people. It was all about, I re- used my self-worth that was related to work. Success to me was what was going on because I'm in corporate wellness. And so, you know, my title, like how much accolades and validation could I get from different people at work? And it was just, you know, at my now husband and I were, had broken up in 2016. Actually, I think your audience would love this. It was, oh my gosh, I think it was like the end of like June or July. Luckily, I don't actually remember the date, but we were having dinner and I just was like, I cannot do this anymore. And I was washing dishes and I said, you know what? I'm done. He was like, what? I'm like, you get one life and it needs to be fantastic. And this is, excuse my language, mediocre. And he just was like, we just had dinner. Like what? And I just was like, I cannot do this. And so I just felt like I started to make decisions that felt like they were in alignment, but really weren't. It was all about like, again, trying to like chase this hamster wheel of success and doing what I think other people thought I should do. So fast forward to January of 2017, you know, we're still broken up and I ended up getting attacked at my car. I can say that lately now because I've done a ton of trauma therapy, but the important part was that that night I didn't listen to my intuition. I pulled up to a dark street and I remember pulling up going, this doesn't feel good, but I had an agenda, right? Needed to work out, got to check everything off my list, got to get out of the car, doesn't matter how I feel. And unfortunately, you know, someone came to my car door with a gun and and pushed himself onto me. And, you know, the details aren't important. The point is, is that I was actually able to get away. I kicked and, and fought and ran. As cheesy as it sounds, like while I was running, it was like, this isn't my story, right? Like this doesn't end this way. And like your life kind of really does flash before you of like, if you really do get away, like how are you going to like reassess? And so I like to talk about that as like my rock bottom. I thought maybe the breakup was the rock bottom, but I just kind of use that to like numb out and really just kind of avoid anything. To be honest with you, like I never dealt with that breakup. So then now cut to this attack and having to like really assess like where I'm at in my life and what do I want to do? I immediately went into trauma therapy and I think therapy is so, so important. Like whatever type of resource and tools people need, don't be ashamed to say, Hey, I need help. I cannot do this by myself, right? Avoiding it. I wasn't avoidant for like so many years and it just wasn't helpful. 
so in going to therapy, I was like, okay, I don't want to just talk about this attack. I want to talk about the relationship that I ended and how I made somebody be wrong for not being me. I want to talk about my relationship with my mother and my like relationship with my self-worth and work. And I mean, I took everything apart and I am so, so glad that I did. But I will say in addition to trauma therapy, I started to look at like all the positive things, right? Like positive affirmations and creating vision boards and Abraham Hicks and Gabby Bernstein, like the universe has your back. And I remember I was like doing all over again, right? Adding to the checklist. And I remember my therapist saying, like, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to have a bad day. And you don't need to find the positive and everything because I would get really upset if I like got triggered or had a freak out or a night terror. So I ended up finding to be magnetic. It's a long version of how, where I'm at today. I found to be magnetic and it is a manifestation process on what that really means is looking at, are you showing up as the person that you're meant to be, or are you carrying other people's stories? And through this work, there are workshops, et cetera, that give you a structure and an outline to see, is this true to you or is it somebody else's? And if it's somebody else's, how can you heal it? How can you let it go? How can you reprogram it? And if it's yours, do you want to keep that? And so I just dug in and I like did all the workshops on inner child and shadow and my relationship with money and love, et cetera. And, you know, two years into it, I ended up becoming a coach. So now it's 2021 and I have been coaching for over a year and I get to coach other people on how to go through this process. So that's a very long drawn out way to say that I took multiple rock bottoms and faced them head on versus trying to put them under the rug, which would have been my norm and tried to like basically take a gift that was wrapped in shit and like, you know, make the best of it. But in a way that wasn't pretending that everything had to be okay. It's okay if it's not okay. Yeah. And I mean, I've known you for so long. I don't think I've ever heard like the full story, which is (laughs) so cool to hear. And I think that's a really important part of rock bottom is I find, especially in clients that I work with, with breakups, they're not just processing this breakup. Typically they're processing like the last three at one time. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this opportunity because I think pain is a big motivator. Like, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, pain is a really big motivator for us. And so being able to harness the power of being at a rock bottom is really powerful. And I'm sure, you know, you can probably say if you hadn't hit that point, you probably would not. It was like a springboard to where you are now. Yes. And to say that, like, Like I said, it wasn't like, okay, let's just deal with this attack. Like, let's look at everything. And through that process, then I looked at, like when I was a kid, my nickname was Barbara Walters. I know that that's like weird, but because I asked questions, like so many questions. So I did that to myself. Why do I do this? Right. Like from 
every person I ever dated to which ones did I bulldoze? Which ones did I let bulldoze me? Like, I mean, I just dissected everything because I wanted to just know, like, what's my framework? Like, let me get into the spider webs. Like I need to figure this out so that I can really decide what am I keeping and like, what am I letting go? And the work isn't done, right? This will go on forever, but at least I have like a really good framework and tool set to understand when something comes up, like how to work through it. And I know you and I are very similar in this idea of like, enjoying like if something's wrong with me and someone's like do these 10 things I'll like used to would like proudly go grab that list do all of those things immediately because it's like I want this action to make me feel better and I think in terms of like partnerships so many people believe that okay all I have to do is I have to go out and like get the career save this amount of money like reach a certain weight, like just check all these action lists on and then I'll just get my partner. But the problem is if you don't believe that you deserve that partner, you're not going to get it. Right. And that's like a big framework of TBM. Yeah. And like, I feel like the word manifestation has gotten really like blown out or like trendy. Like, first of all, manifestation just doesn't mean you get like free shit, right? Or like whatever you want. I'm going to manifest a parking, like a parking spot. Right. It just like shows up in front of your face. Like my definition of manifestation means to receive the things that you want because you believe that you deserve them. If you don't have them, we need to look why. Do you not feel deserving of it? Did someone tell you you can't have it? Did you never see that it was possible with somebody else? Like, let's really understand that. Now, this is a bold statement, but I I really, really, to my core, believe that you can have whatever you want as long as A, you feel deserving of it, but B, it's in alignment, like are working to become. So that's not to say like, oh, I'm going to be a billionaire. Well, guess what? Like, money doesn't actually make me feel safe. So by me saying like, I'm going to become a billionaire, like it's not in alignment with me. So like, does that make sense? It's like, totally. Yes. You can say all these things that you want, but you have to look to see why do you want them? Right. Like how is that in relation to like, what are your actual vital needs that you need? So when I say you can have everything you want is what I mean is, is that like when it's true to you, right? Like when it's not coming from ego, when it's not coming from a false sense of self-worth, when it's not coming from the feeling of without, which is lack, like when we can clear all of that, you can have anything that you want because it's what is meant for you will not pass you by. And like, I really, really believe that. And I've seen it with my clients and with myself, it's, You just have to get to understanding your why, which is always about how does something make you feel and how do you actually want to feel? It takes away the tangible item. Yes. And I have this mentor that a lot of times will tell me like, let's remove the faces of situations and let's just look at like, what's this triggering in you? What is this providing you? Instead of getting into like, well, so-and-so did this and -and so-and-so didn't do this for me. It's like, let's erase all that and try to just look at the baseline needs. And what that reminded me of too is, you know, the people that get into relationships because they think it's just going to be that missing piece of Mm self-worth or give them status or give them things like that. Typically, it's not a relationship that is going to feel authentic to you. 
Yeah. And I'll say this, that like when my husband and I got back together, I was going to say my audience would hate me if I didn't ask you how that happened. (laughs) Yes. So we did get back together and I love the fact that my husband has such good boundaries. So after the attack, like I went to him, right. And I was like, I need you. And he was like, no, like I can be there from you from afar because what just happened to you was incredibly traumatic, but you're coming to me out of comfort, right? You're coming to me because you had something very scary. And now you want me to just like, again, numb out and fix it. He didn't, he wasn't as quite as eloquent in saying that, (laughs) but he basically was like, you know, we can go on a hike or we can go to yoga, but like, we're not getting back together because now you've had this like life-changing thing. And of course it was hurtful, but I am so, so glad because all of my healing was without him. And every time I like discovered something new in trauma therapy, I'd reach out to him and say, Hey, do you mind if I share this with you? You don't have to respond in person. It wasn't through text, but I was able to say sorry for making him be wrong for not being me. I realized that he actually loves unconditionally and I love with conditions because Mm -hmm. I like control. So I was really able to recognize all of the things that I had put into he's not the right person category. I was really able to own some of that. And he is not an angel. Like, I just want to say that. So it's not like, I just mean that we were really able to like, I just wasn't a good communicator before. I wanted him to be a mind reader. And I also wasn't asking of anything from him because I didn't know what I needed. So cut to like 2018 And I was like, okay, it's like, we're back together. We live together again. Like, let's get engaged. Like, it just wasn't happening. And I remember we were on a trip and I was like, oh, he's totally going to propose. And he didn't. And I was pissed. It was the last day of the trip. And I was like, hey, why did you not propose to me? And he was like, what? (laughs) I'm like, yeah, this is the perfect place. And he's like, that's not where things are at right now. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know? So I had to dissect that. I was looking for him to tell me that I was worthy of being a wife, right? In my mind, when someone chooses you to spend the rest of your life with them, you're good enough. And so I was like, oh man, I got work to do, right? Like, so I really had to understand, like, I clearly don't feel worthy of being a wife. I don't feel worthy on my own. So I had to do the work around that. And cut to like five months later, then he proposed because I showed up as a deserving person. And honestly, like the day that he proposed, I remember going, wait, am I deserving of this? Like, it was kind of one of those, like, I feel deserving of this, right? Like I had to like double check for a second. And I was like, yes, no, I'm good. So yeah, I mean, I think that when you think about either, you know, calling in a partner or getting engaged or getting married, do you feel worthy of it yourself, right? Because if you don't, you someone else cannot give that to you. Like, it's just, it's not going to be the right fit if you personally do not feel deserving of it. And we just have to figure out, like, is that true to you? Have you ever felt deserving of it before? Did someone make you feel undeserving of that, right? Like from previous relationships, how can we start to work through that? What did you see from your parents or grandparents or siblings that you can recognize that's not actually mine and I don't need to hold on to that. 
I had a couple like big realizations with that. I kept, I dated three people in a row that didn't want to get married. They were just like, I don't think I want to get married. And, and I kept thinking like, I'm sure you hear this, like, I just have a bad picker and I had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with like having a bad picker. I was attracting exactly how I was talking to myself on the inside. Like I met people who believe the same things I did basically. And I finally had to realize like, oh, I don't believe I'm marriage material. And the reason I didn't feel like I was marriage material is because when I was 18, my boyfriend was horrendous and abusive and told me that I'm like, would never make a good wife. Mind you, I was eight, like I was 18. That was just not the phase I was in, but I had to work through all of those things. And I want to, you touched on like kind of that formula of it starts with knowing who you are and knowing what you want. And then goes into, do your beliefs, you know, support those things? How did you get to know yourself in a new way? I guess two-part question. And then how did you learn to trust that person? I would say that the trust came later. It took a while, right? So going back to, to be magnetic, right? Doing the workshops, I'll say this, is that there's something called the pathway. And within the pathway, you have all of these different workshops. You have these deep imaginings, which are essentially like hypnotic listenings that help you reach a subconscious state. There's journal prompts. So it's not like I figured out who I was all by myself. Like I was definitely guided through this process. So going into one of my favorite deep imaginings is called your authentic self. It's like 22 minutes long. But it's listening to this version of like, who is your future self? Like, who are you working to become, right? You're doing all this work. Anyone who's listening to your podcast is like in the process of like figuring stuff out, right? So what I like about this deep imagining is is that you start to see like, okay, who am I working to become, right? That's like the goal. Okay, well, why can I not be her today, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what does she have that I don't? Okay. So she trusts herself, right? She has ease in her life. She releases control. She definitely isn't looking for someone else to tell her like how it's going to be. Okay. Well, that's not how I feel today. Okay. Well, why? And that is the key answer. Why? Okay. Well, I never learned to trust myself from my mom, right? Like I didn't see any healthy marriages as a kid, in family, right? Like I'm also like not paying attention to what my friends are doing, like the positives aspects of my friend's relationship. Cause I'm only focusing on like whatever's not going right in mine. So it's kind of like stepping back to like really assess the situation. What did I see? What have I actually experienced? What do I want? Sometimes we don't know what we want, but we really know what we don't want. So that's also positive, right? Like if you can't figure out what you want, you can figure out what you don't want. So I started to just recognize like, okay, this is the person that I'm working to become. Are my actions getting me there? No. (laughs) Okay. So what kind of actions do I need to take? If we think about this, we take actions every day, but what is our intention behind our action? Energetic, whatever word you feel connected to. I like intention because it makes it feel a little bit easier to like comprehend is my intention desperation behind this action? Is my intention seeking out validation? Is my intention authentic? Is my intention 
from low self-worth, like I started to pause to see every time I went to go do something, where was it coming from? And I could see like, oh my gosh, I, I live in so much lack, this feeling of like, it's never enough. It's never going to happen. I'm not good enough. Okay. Well then you have to start to getting into the reinforcing. Okay. Well, is this actually true? Have I personally ever been without this? No. Like from a relationship standpoint, have I ever not been able to be in one? No. Okay. Well, were they always healthy? No. Okay. Well, categories, which ones were, which ones weren't right. Like which ones like, did I feel connected to when, which ones were purely from numbing? Like I just dissected it all to try to really have a better understanding of where is it coming from? Who did I pick it up from? Do I want to keep this? And then it was like, okay, these were really great qualities. I want to keep that right. Like, okay, these ones, not so much. Okay. Let those go. So talk about like list making and journaling and really just like brain dumping it all out because then when you go back and read it, it's like, okay, this makes so much sense. Did that make sense? Yes. That makes so much sense because, and it was something that I was messaging with someone today about it's, I think, especially when we're going through something like a breakup, we get total tunnel vision. Oh yeah. Like we can't remember that we were okay without them. Mm -hmm. We can't like kind of clear away that clutter We can't remember that we have gone through breakups before where we felt the same way and we, we were fine. We always Mm -hmm. like, we made it through. It's almost like, would you say it's like finding, like looking at the proof, like let's look at the actual evidence of our life. Well, and I always say this to my clients, is this true to you? Have you personally experienced it or did you witness it? Because those are two different things. Sometimes when we have witnessed something, we take on that fear, right? Whether you saw it with a friend, like, oh, they went through that. It's going to happen to me. Saw it with a family member. But if you can actually get down to like the reality of it, have I personally experienced this or did I just witness it? And now I'm holding on to that fear. Now, when you think about like literally energetic space, we only have so much. It's not infinite, right? Like if you just think about a glass. If you're holding space for fears, there is no room to come in to receive the things that you want. So when you look at those fears, like fears of never finding someone or fears of that, like, this is as good as it's going to get. Is that actually true? Or did you just witness it? Who did you witness it? Like, are your attributes or your authenticity the same as that person? No, then like, we have to clear that. It's like taking out the trash, decluttering, you know, we really, I truly believe that we have all of the answers within us. It's just that all of the clutter gets really caught up in our head and we can't hear it. And so we constantly are asking other people or looking at others without asking ourselves, like, what do I need and what am I missing? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. 
Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The analogy with the cup reminds me of so many people that I talk to. They want to hang on to their ex in like whatever they can get kind of a form Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh, if you just want me to sleep with you, like I'll do that kind of a thing. And then, but they're hanging on from that state of fear, fear of never finding anyone better. And so, but they're also like cutting themselves off to allowing that like their person to come in. And again, and going back to that, when we think about the energetic exchange, right. Giving and receiving, if you are holding space for like warning of another partner, your ex, there is no room for a new person to come in. And I remember like my first heartache, I needed someone from 17 to 24. He bought me an engagement ring and then met someone within a week later. And I was devastated. I mean, like from 17 to 24, I didn't know like anything, you know? Yeah. And I remember going to a therapist at that point too. And I was like thinking that it was going to be like a 12 step plan, right? Like, <laughs> okay, tell me how to get over this breakup. And then the therapist was like, that's not how this works. And I was like, no, just give, just tell me what to do. And I'm just going to do it. And I remember her saying that like a half of a person attracts another half of a person to complete each other, but a whole person attracts another whole person to complement each other. I mean, that was, you know, 12, 13 years ago. I'll never forget that. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that like, then I just instantly became this like a whole person because it definitely was not the case. But when I think about my marriage now, I don't use my husband to fill up my cup. I fill my own cup up and we had to talk about this. He fills his up and we come together and we cheers because 
if my whole day is going to be affected on his mood or what he's thinking, then like just putting me in the same position of before of like numbing and avoiding and not like checking in. I remember all the time I used to feel like if he didn't tell me I looked pretty that day, like then it wasn't true. And so now it's like, first of all, you know, when you look good and you know, when you don't. Okay. Yeah. So I don't look to him to constantly validate me. I'm not saying it doesn't feel good, but I feel like now that I don't need him for all of those things, he shows up in a way because it's just like, he's mirroring my projection of myself. But when I look at past relationships, I didn't do that, you know? And so part of healing is understanding why you don't and who started to make you feel that the first time and what are your patterns and what are these looping stories that keep coming up that you feel like you can't get out of because it's just not true. That's so beautiful. And I feel like I have the same experience now in my marriage. I've never had that before. You mentioned like this idea of disc, like if I'm saying, do I believe this or did I experience this or did someone else tell me it or show me it? And if I don't want it, I discard it. Are there any like, how does one discard a story like that? Is it you act as if that's not your story or what's the way to do that? Yeah. So there's a couple different ways. So the way that to be magnetic works is a lot of like, like past trauma healing, right? So you're looking back to the very first time you experienced rejection, abandonment, whatever. Now we can't erase it, right? It's, this is not magic. You can't like, it's not something that just then you could just make it go away. But looking back from a subconscious day to say like, well, what did I need in that moment? Like, if I could redo that moment, how would I have done it differently? Okay. So there's one version of that, of being able to like, see that like it was possible to like feel it subconsciously, like actually receive what you need. A lot of my clients can't, like it's harder for them to go from a past perspective. So I like to go from future state. Can you heal like literally in the moment? Meaning like when there's a test or a red flag or somebody coming to you that you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like I've totally experienced before. Like, can you heal it in that moment? Meaning saying no, communicating your needs, like using real time to heal. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm even thinking of like, just an example of mine. Like when I was young, my parents weren't present. So Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't ask them for help for anything because I was like, they're so busy. I can't, I can't do that. So for me, healing that is like, when I need help, I give that to myself. Like I ask for help regardless of whether I think someone's busy or not. Totally. And think about this, like I'm going to use what we, in the two magnetic terms, we call them shadows, right? Like shadows just mean shame, right? Something that you're shameful of. So because there was versions of rejection as a kid, right? The first time I I can remember being rejected was from my mother. I can remember like the floral couch and everything. And I was like crawling on her lap and she just kept like pushing me off, right? And in that moment, it was so hurtful. But as a 37-year-old woman, I can look back and, and think to myself, was that actually happening? She was a single mom. She probably had food on the stove closing the washer or dryer. And I probably was just crawling all over her, like needing attention. So 
from a subconscious state, what I needed from her was to look at me and say, Heather, what do you need? Like, tell me what you need. Like, use your voice and like, it's okay to communicate. But as an adult right now, I can look back and think like, I need to give her a little bit of grace and compassion because she was trying to do it all. So did she actually reject me? No. Did I feel it? Yes. But then I took that rejection and used it to try to get attention from whether it was friends, men, work, whatever it may be. But looking at it now is, is that like the only person that can actually reject me is me. Right. And so now when I like go to go do something and somebody says no, or doesn't do it, I got to remember that, like, I don't know what's going on in their life. I don't know what's going on with their story. So I'm not going to take that on. So like, that's like a real version of like now, instead of feeling rejected, it's more like, okay, well, this, this situation isn't just, it's not working out the way I want it to be because it wasn't meant to be that way and fully okay with it versus like, it's basically going from the absorber to the observer. Yes. I love that. And I think I really liked when you were just describing that of like, you didn't just say, oh, my mom was doing the best that she could and just like, like turned it into like absolute positive. It's like, you can honor the fact that in that moment you felt rejected, which like having that, because I think some people will think that if I can just turn it into a positive or I can say like, oh, I'm grateful for that, that happened, then it's just done. But we always have to honor like those underlying totally feelings. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, even with my clients, I never want to be like, when I'm like, well, did that actually happen to you? And they say no, then I'm like, okay, then you're fine. And I'm like, okay, well, like, let's address that. You haven't personally experienced it, but I want to acknowledge that fear feels very real, right? Mm -hmm. Being rejected in a relationship from a parent, from a friend, whatever. But what do you do with it now? Right. And all we have, which again, so cliche, but like, is this present moment? Like, the best way to do it is to like take the next step forward in a different way. How can you pivot? Like you got fork in the roads in every single decision. And sometimes like you're going down one path and you're like, Oh, I'm too far. I got to keep going. It's like go into the fire. You know what I mean? But like, can you learn from it? And that's another thing is, is that when I think about the attack, I have now, I think about him as my teacher. And I know that sounds like almost kind of morbid, But instead of thinking about as this like very scary, traumatic thing, which it is, but what did I learn that night? What did he teach me? A, he taught me I wasn't listening to my intuition. He also taught me I'm way stronger than I thought I was, right? And he also gave me an opportunity to like rock bottom to rebuild. So now I can like look back at that with gratitude, right? Versus feeling like, Yes, it's a defining moment in my life, but it's not defining in a way that is still as terrifying. You know, it's like, so can we look at some of these things that are happening that feel like, why is this happening to me? This is the worst. Like, can that situation be your teacher? What can you learn from it? That's not pretending it's positive. That's just saying like, I need to look in the mirror and like, really, can I own any of this? Like, where do I play a part in this? And it's way easier to pretend like we didn't play a part in any of it. 
Yeah. Well, and I think it goes like what you said of becoming the observer. Like I think so much power can happen if we just are get curious instead of like taking it on and making this like this defines me. I'm someone that gets rejected. I'm someone that gets dumped. It's like looking at it through a level of curiosity of like, okay, what is this here to teach me? I may not know it right now, but at least I'm going to like open my mind to the thought that maybe there's something here for me to pay attention to. Totally. And when I was learning about TBM, the one thing that I thought was so cool, and I don't know if you can briefly touch on it, but this whole idea of, I think sometimes we think that like what we've experienced and who we are can't change. Like, oh, I'm just someone that does this. And I know Mm -hmm. she talks about like, literally we can like rewire our brain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's the best part is, is it, you can't change something that you're not aware of. Right. And so that's the biggest part is, is that our brain. Okay. So from zero, meaning like newborn to seven, we're a sponge. We're picking up everything. And so everything that we witnessed as a kid, we start to think that like, we have to do it that way. I mean, and that's not to say that what happens in your teens and your twenties or even in your thirties don't shape you, but you know, a biggest part is when you're a kid. And so being able to see like, okay, acting in this way for so long, it's too late, right? Like I have clients in their fifties that are like, well, I can't change now. And it's like, that's not true. Like everything is a decision you get to decide. But part of that is figuring out why do I do it this way? Right? Like, is it because I witnessed it? Is it because I've always done it this way? And if you've always done it this way, like, what if you tried to do it a different way? What would that feel like? And again, getting back to the feeling of like, okay, well, if you keep doing it this way and you feel really crappy, (laughs) let's try a different way and see how you feel, you know, and it's trial and error, but you 100% can change the way that you look at things. If understanding the root of it, why do I do this? Right? Like, where was the first time I saw this? Or maybe not the first time, but when did I start to see that this is, was a repeating pattern? And is this something I want to keep? That's a really important question to ask. I keep picking people like this. Do you want to keep doing that? Yes or no. Does this make you feel good? Yes or no. If you did it a different way, would it make you feel different? Yes. Do you want to try? Yes. That's all you can do is try. I love that series of questions. I mean, I literally, yeah. it's like, I'll ask myself, like, what do I need? What am I missing? Why am I doing this? Like, I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of like journaling it out or doing a voice memo in your phone. Like, I love to talk out loud in the car. With COVID, it's really put a damper on that, but <laughs> like nowhere to go. <laughs> well, and I think- Because one thing people ask me is like, how do I stop obsessing about my ex? And I'm like, turn inward. Like, what do you need? Instead of saying like, what are they thinking about? It's like, okay, what do I need in this moment? And that's a series of questions that will always bring you back to you and will stop you on obsessing about things that aren't in your control at all. Totally. And like, when I think about that stuff, it's like, I remember when you were like writing, like when you were creating Breakup Bestie and I just was like, God, I wish I would have had this. You know, like, I really wish I would have had this because that was like 12, 13 years ago, whatever year that was, 2009, when I went to the therapist and I was like, tell me how to do this. And she's like, there's not a manual for this. Well, guess what? There is now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, The other thing that I love 
from TBM is this idea of expanders. Yes. You touch on, and I'm sure people in this podcast, I'm like, I've thrown out that term a few times because I think it's so powerful. So an expander is just someone that is either has or doing something that you want. So I want to back up. Envy is so great. When you are envious of somebody, use that because that means that that is allowing you to see like, ooh, I want that. Jealousy is when something can be taken away from you. So you need to recognize that there is a very big difference between envy and jealousy. You can be jealous if your partner is looking at somebody else because you feel like that person is going to be taken away. You can be envious of friends and their relationships. And what that's doing is expanding you and showing you, ooh, I want that. So like those two things are really powerful to understand because sometimes we use the word jealous and we really mean envy and envy is so good. Like it is healthy to be envious of somebody because then it's showing you, Ooh, that's something I want. And I didn't know that I wanted it. Now, when it comes to expanders, we don't need to find one expander for like the catch-all, right? Like in the TBM community, we talk about fragment expanders. So if you're calling it in a partner and you want someone with humor, right? Find either a person or a couple that has humor. If you want something with passion, like you don't need to find one, like again, one couple that has it all. If they don't have it all, then it's not possible. Like, I mean, that was definitely how I thought about when I was crafting my list of what I wanted and I wanted to be able to see like, you know, and your expanders change in your period of life. It's like, currently because I'm pregnant, right? I've got pregnancy expanders and like, they're going to be different. The ones I have right now are going to be different after I have the baby. And like, so you constantly want to shuffle your expanders out based on like, what do you need and what are you calling in? But it's really good because it just shows you that it's possible. Now I've got clients who are like, it's not possible at all because nobody is like me and I can't find it. It's like, okay then you need to start expanding somebody else, right? Like create it so that when someone who's also looking for it can look to you as an expander, we can also use ourselves as expanders, your past self. So I'll give you an example. After that terrible breakup at 24, I like bought a one-way ticket to Barcelona, which first of all, I am not a spontaneous person. So that was like the coolest thing I've ever done. So whenever I think back to like being the planner, right? The controller, I think, wait a minute, I got to remember at 25, I bought a one-way ticket to Barcelona. So like you can expand, like your past self can expand your current self on like, I've done this before, which means I can totally do it again. I think the expander thing is so, and I was talking to you before we started recording, is so important for those people who say, all of my friends are in relationships and I just went through a breakup and I love the distinction between envious and jealousy, especially if you're someone who doesn't quite like, you're not clear on what you want. Like envy can be a thing that shows you what you want. And I actually tend to think that like, like when I was single, if I'm surrounded by couples, I'm actually like probably closer to finding a relationship because I'm surrounded by, you know, that energy. Well, and it's also going to allow you to see like, okay, I really like this, but I don't like this, right? Like I would love to have a relationship that's similar in this situation, but I could do without, you know what I mean? Like if you're constantly hanging out with single people, which again, not a problem, A, there's more chance to like have negativity 
there's more chance for everyone to kind of like bash certain situations versus like when you're hanging out with people that are in relationships. Okay. So let me say this. There's masculine energy and there's feminine energy, and we need a combination of both. The masculine is the doing, it's the power, it's the structure, it's the hustle. It's very black and white and it's rigid, but we need it. The feminine energy is the pause, the receiving, the joy, the play, pleasure. So we need a combination of both. Typically, when you're hanging out with a bunch of single people, it's a little bit more masculine energy because you're on your own, got to do it all, right? Mm -hmm you're hanging out with couples, there's a little bit more feminine energy because there's the receiving, there's the collaboration, there's the partnership, there's love. And so that's not to say that you can't hang out with a bunch of single people, but you want to do both because you want to be picking up energy from both sides of the masculine and the feminine. That's so interesting. And what do you say to people who are operating from that sense of lack? Were they almost the expanders as them taking away their piece of the pie? Like thinking mm-hmm. that there's like a finite pie of relationships. Yeah, yeah. And the more people that are in relationships, the less I'm likely to be in one. Yeah. I mean, I guess then it's almost like the taking a pause on looking at lack from a relationship, but looking at to see where does lack also come in money because then it's going to be related. So once you start to deal with some of the like the feeling of without in other areas, it'll help in a relationship as well. Is it like, okay, so when people are like, I'm in, you know, like I have lack mentality, that doesn't just mean that you don't feel like you have money. It literally means like you feel like you are going without. Okay. Well, is that true? Right. Like, are you going without? And then I think that you said this earlier, like, what are you not giving yourself? Right. So, and I think I might've said this, but one of the workshops within to be magnetic is called your authentic code. And these are four words typically that like you need to basically feel whole. So I'll give you an example. So mine are like ease connection, right? So connection to myself, connection to friends, partner, nurture, right? So like, not only do I want to nurture myself, but I have a child that I'm going to be nurturing nurturing my clients and then also experience. So all that to say is, is that like, if I'm making sure that all of these, these four authentic code, my vital needs are being met, I don't have the feeling of without, Mm -hmm. right? So if I'm constantly making sure that I am not compromising them, that I am not jeopardizing them, then the partner that is going to appear is also not going to do that. We have to treat ourselves Like one of the other to be magnetic coaches, her name's Amanda Blair and she dates herself. And I love it. She lives in New York and she posts about like, instead of saying, I can't do this until that's not saying that you don't want to experience this with somebody, but she's allowing herself to have these experiences. Now she's getting her needs met from different ways so that when a partner does come in, she already knows what that feels like. And that's going to just kind of be like a bonus, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like you get to the place where the partners are the cherry on top. They're not like, yes. And that's what I tell people when they're coming out of breakups. It's like, there's already so many voids you're like dealing with, but it's not that you just have to leave those voids open until you find a new relationship. Like you're allowed to fill those needs yourself And then that way, when a partner comes in again, it's like just the cherry on top, but like, you don't have to live in this like immense amount of lack or void 
just because you went through a breakup or got dumped. Totally. And I mean, and I feel like we also want to allow ourselves to grieve and mourn that, you know, but we also then want to start thinking about like, what was I not receiving and how can I start to give some of that to myself? Not saying you don't need it from somebody else, but like, if you don't know what you need, you have to give it to yourself first before you can even recognize that somebody else is giving it to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And I think I realized that I was writing down like things I resented about an ex and I wrote down that he didn't compliment me enough. And I've had this like switch go off in my head and I was like, he could have complimented you every hour, but like you didn't believe it and you don't give it to yourself. So you wouldn't absorb it. It would just bounce right off you. Yeah. It was funny because I used to think that mom, one of my love languages was words of affirmation. I just always assumed that what it really was is that I needed outside validation. So I just was like, oh, I'm a words of affirmation person. Well, now that I can like validate myself, it turns out I'm acts of service. Like just do something nice for me. Help me out. Go to the grocery store. (laughs) You know, like I can tell myself how great I am and how pretty I am, but I need you to go to the grocery store, please. Yeah. I love that. So like, it's just funny that like, and I'm sure, I don't know if you talked about like the love language, but like look to see if the love language that you think that it is, it's because it's in some way or like lacking it. And if you give it to yourself, is it actually something else? Well, that's why like once I finally, I think if I look at, my husband now, I wouldn't have wanted, I honestly would not have wanted him like eight years ago because it just fulfills me in such a different way. Whereas before I needed people to just like fill these voids for me. Yes. So I don't even think I would be attracted to him now. I mean, at him eight years ago, because I had all those voids that I was just looking to fill. Totally. I mean, I feel like our husbands are very similar, not only because they have the same name. Same name. (laughs) But they are. And I think that, you know, the work that you and I have done like on our own and all the conversations that we've had, it's like we've grown into this person and, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being independent. But what that just means is, is that like we can really like self-fulfill. And so having a partner now, it just makes things more enjoyable, but it doesn't, it's not everything, I guess. And I, I know that's terrible because I think that when I think about this now is that like, I used to think that you have the dream husband, the dream car, the dream house, the dream job. And now I just, I don't believe in that anymore. I feel like we take many bridges along the way and all of these bridges are teaching us something along the way. And if we can be super open to the journey, the destination doesn't matter as much. You know, it's like, when we bought the house that we're currently in, it was like, oh, this is my dream house. Okay, well, I don't know what I'm going to want in five years, but right now this is perfect, Yeah. right? Like, and not to say that that means that in five years, I'm going to want a different husband. That's not what I mean. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that like he and I are going to evolve, right? Totally. And that is a good thing. And so who we are, if he and I stay who we are today, like that's a problem, right? So like, we're going to grow together, but also separately and independently. And so like, I would say, I don't know like what my dream person is because we are going to evolve. Does that make sense? It does. And it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, 
I got broken up with because my ex said I changed. And I was like, duh. Good. Good. <laughs> like, yes. what? Like, Thank we, God. I think the goal of a relationship is you grow individually, your partner grows individually, and hopefully you guys are able to like grow together in that way and like stay on the same page. But the growth is very necessary. And that's why I think breakups are such a good opportunity to get on that path of doing the work, because then you can continue it into your future relationship. That's the thing is, is that like, we, the idea is, is that we want to evolve, right? We want to constantly like check in. And again, when I say like, instead of feeling like you're seeking the dream job, the dream house, whatever, we want to be able to evolve along the way. But as long as you're focusing on the feeling, how does this make me feel? And is this still like lighting me up? Does this feel forced? And that's not to say that like, I mean, there, of course, in every relationship, there's ebbs and flows. So I bring that up because if it's not as exciting, but that core feeling is still there, that's also something to remember. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. It's like relationships are not, nor should they be constant fireworks. It's typically when you step into toxic relationships. It's just so possible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So can you tell people how they can start doing TBM or work with you Mm -hmm. or how they find it? Yeah, actually. Okay. So a couple of different ways you can find TBM on tobemagnetic.com. You can find them on Instagram at just to be magnetic. There's so much good free content. There's actually also free deep imaginings that you can listen to, to see if you even like it. There is a pathway that you can join and it's like a monthly fee and it gives you access to all the different workshops and um, very affordable too, by the yes, way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then to coach with me. So my Instagram handle is Heather underscore Marie underscore T you know, I'm trying to be better about being super active on there. It's kind of one of those things where sometimes I'm like super into it and other times I'm not. So I just go in ebbs and flow, but in my profile, like there's a link tree where you can book a session with me. In fact, I'll give your listeners a code in all caps. It's Heather. It's 100 off Heather. And that'll give them a hundred dollars off a coaching session with me. So coaching sessions last an hour. It's over zoom. It's recorded and you get the recording afterwards which is really great. I send full homework that's like personalized to you. You know, I've, it's crazy. I've, now that I've been coaching for over a year, I mean, I have some clients that come to me once a month and like watching the progression, like it's just been the most like life-changing thing. And especially since you can see it over camera, it's like, you can see when someone is like shifting, you know, it's been really, really cool. It's been so cool to watch you. I mean, to see your whole story of how you did TBM, then how you became a coach is just like so incredible. So I will put all the links and the code in the show notes. And Perfect. thank you so much, Heather, for uh, coming thank on. You, Kendra, I'm so, first of all, I'm so proud of you. Thank and you. yeah, I hope that everyone knows that like I'm an open book. So if anyone has more questions around this to honestly DM me, you know, it's like, if they have questions about manifestation, if they have questions about the fact that like, 
my husband and I broke up and then we got back together. Like, what did that look like? Like totally open. Or if you get a lot of stuff around that and we need to do something else an IG live or whatever you want, just keep me posted. All right. Thanks, Heather. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.